0: The Next Level Loan Officers Podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to BecomeNL.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future proof growth solution. You can check us out at LeadPops.com. Well, hey, everybody, this is Shane Kidwell, one of the founders here at Next Level, and uh, you are on the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast which is the top producing podcast for originators by originators. We just had over, I think, like 100,000 listens to. And we're one of the top 10% of podcasts out there. And I say that not because I'm doing anything great. It's typically not me on here, but because that tells me that originators are hungry for knowledge. They're hungry for connection. And there's nothing more important than that. I started in the business in 09, a very bad or very good time, depending on how you look at things. And over the years, I've met some incredible people. And today, I wanted to bring on a good friend of mine, who is also a partner here with Next Level, Kevin Ducey. What's up, my man?
1: What's going on, Shane? Appreciate the introduction, man, and the feelings mutual. You guys have been uh, nothing but kind and gracious. And it's one of those things that when you're part part of Next Level, in my role, you know, as vendor support, that never felt that way. I've always felt like a I was I was part of the team, part of part of the LOs in there learning, and uh, just so so grateful for you guys to open your doors and and make us feel part of that. And I love what you're doing, and uh, keep on, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well,
0: listen, first and foremost, man, I was a fireman, and so we we our love language is picking on people, and we have <laughs> yeah. nicknames for everybody. And every time we get connect, I like to pick on you. But what would you say? Your like, if people who really knew Kevin Ducey knew you, what's your nickname? Oh, it's easy. It's Deuce, right? The Deuce. Uh, I knew yeah. it, man. I was going <laughs> to say that, but I didn't want, like, I wanted to let you say it, the Deuce. All right. So Deuce, we met several years ago. You were um, in, in charge of a very successful tech company, fintech company. Now you're VP of business development for common insurance, which we'll talk about later. And you know me, I'm, I'm passionate about multiple streams of income. Absolutely. But, Man, tell us a little bit more about your story because, you know, your story didn't start when we met and we partnered up uh, with Next Level many years ago. Tell us about Deuce.
1: (laughs) Right on. Um, So, yeah, I appreciate it. So I've I've been associated with the mortgage industry for over four years now, and it, it didn't take me very long to really fall in love with the industry. And I know for some people that may sound crazy. For other people, they totally get it. Uh, So my my time when I was with the CRM company, I would do these what we call top producer spotlights. And I would talk to some of the, the bigger, higher volume loan officers that were utilizing our products. Matter of fact, you were on one of them with me. We had some great viewership on that one. And to a person, every single time that I talked about what they were doing and how they were accomplishing what they needed to do, the loan officers always came back to number of families and homes not units, not volume, not commission checks, families and homes, because that's ultimately the purpose and the process that they were serving. And so for me, it became very easy to want to service and help an industry that was helping people find a way to own a home, which I do believe is the American dream. I believe the second step in the American dream is entrepreneurship. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But for me, you know, I came up, you know, grew up in the middle of the Midwest, uh, you know, like so many kids born in the late seventies or early eighties, mid seventies, divorced parents fairly, they were divorced fairly young. It's, it's crazy when I think about the number of my friends and our parents that are divorced and the, the number of my friends that aren't divorced. Uh, I think there's been some, some radical changes that have happened with uh, American society with that. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, but no, I had a mom love me. I had a stepdad, love me, a dad loved me. I was it, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things people who don't experience. It's not, a, it wasn't a bad thing. There was more, it was just all I knew. Um, But I had some, I experienced some things and I want to share this a little bit because I think this is, this is critical to understand. Um, And Renee Rodriguez helped extract this when I went through Amplify and I'll I'll plug Renee here. Like if anybody's thought about doing Amplify, I'd highly encourage it. It's been, it was wonderful for me, but he talks about nine to 13 are the transformative years. And uh, my father got in some trouble with the law. My brother got in some trouble with the law. My brother actually went to prison during that time. And here I was, the this this kid in a transformative time, that was kind of I was a little bit left out there, right? And I had people in my life, specifically one gentleman I'll, I'll speak directly to, is Steve Beckett. It was my dad one of my dad's best friends from early childhood? And Steve was a very successful attorney in town, uh, to the point that he represented the University of Illinois and some recruiting stuff for the basketball team, which is you know really high profile case for. For us, living in a town, you know, 100,000 people, but a university town. But Steve put his arm around me, and he took me to a lot of really cool events. Uh, You know, when Deion Thomas broke the Illinois scoring record for basketball, I got to go to the post-game celebration and party and meet all the Illinois basketball players. And here I was, this this kid who's got his dad in, in legal troubles, his brothers in prison, Like I could think, where did I, what would I be thinking about myself? And what I realized was here was a man with means that decided to help me. And so Renee talks about that nine to 13 timeframe that you're trying to honor or heal it. And what I've realized is that I can, I can help honor it by helping people and helping people in this business flat out make more money. And I have no, I don't, I don't shy away from that. I've come to this realization over time. Because I do realize that when good people have more resources in their hands, they help more people, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they take, and so that's really given, like, it, it took a while to come to this realization and this assessment um, that I really wanted to help people and I want to help people who can help people. And it's, it's, it's pretty rewarding for me. But after that, you know, I spent some time in the United States military. I was a military police officer for five years. Um, so funny story. Wait, I like,
0: you were an MP? Yeah. yeah buddy. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so. You may. Okay, go keep going. Just run with it, man. Let's right run on. with it. MP for five years.
1: Yep. I realized I did not like taking people's freedom. So that was not going to be a career choice for me. i um, more power and honor to all the men and women who do it. Just not for me. Uh My last official day in the United States army on active duty was September 10th of 2001. So it's a really weird feeling there that, uh, you know, I the, the world changed the next day and I was not called back. So I didn't do any time overseas um, and, and, I'm grateful for that, but still appreciative of my time that I spent in the military. And then I had a really unique experience as I uh, as I was out of the military. I got a job with a staffing company and it was day labor staffing. And so we're dealing with, you know, uh, people who are borderline homeless to homeless, a lot of convicted felons that were paying on a day in and day out standpoint. And what happened was I realized that, you know, they, they would come in and they would try and intimidate you, to be honest with you, to, to get a job or to get you to pay them faster. And I wasn't, I wasn't intimidated by them. I would just talk to them like men, like people. And I, I I found out that they had great stories. They they just had some choices and decisions that they made down the road that weren't weren't the best for them. So I found a love of like helping them, finding them jobs. And then I realized, you know, through some great mentors of mine that said, Hey, listen, dude, you can sell. Like you've got the ability, you've got the gift of gab, you connect with people, we can get you selling. And uh, that just jump started my career, and I was I was in that industry for 15 years. Uh, I was uh, on the sales strategic team up at corporate, and then you know, and then you know, layoffs, which eventually led me to the mortgage industry. And it's one of those things that so many people have talked about. It, you know, when I got laid off in 2017 as a corporate scale back, it broke my heart. I mean, I, I've been with that organization since I was 23 years old. I thought it was going to be the only career I was ever going to have. I Was going to be really proud that I was like I really worked one job my entire life, but. Without that, I wouldn't have found my way into the mortgage industry. I wouldn't have found my way into the startup industry. Two things that I absolutely love. And it's been such a blessing for me that that happened. Um, I still am very thankful, appreciative of the time that I was there. But I did learn two very critical things. And, and this goes out to anybody who's listening and anybody who's had these experiences. There are, you know, they talk about it in the NFL, right, or, or sports, defense travels, right? Um, I don't care, it, it, you know offense can go have its up and ups and downs, defense travels. Well leadership and sales, leadership and sales will travel. If you have those two skills, those two two abilities, I don't care what industry is looking at you, I don't care where you're gonna go work, you can be successful there by taking those traits and implementing them where you're at. So that's what's led me here. That's what's led us to the conversation today. That's what's you know that's jump started our friendship years ago. And so like I said, once
0: again, thank you for having me. Well, it's, you You touched on a couple of things I want to hit on, but I'll, I'll start with what you just said because it really touches and aligns with our core disciplines here at Next Level. Mm-hmm. We believe that there are five key things that every originator who wants to be successful in any market must have. One of those is leadership. Mm-hmm. One of those is sales, marketing, knowledge, and mindset. Like you have to have a specific type of mindset. Now that changes based on the season you're in. If you're newer, if you're starting over, you might be in the hustler mindset, the grinder, right? But that's a mindset. There's a way to do that well. And there's a d- way to do that that, cr- that creates a lot of failure, right? Leadership is supremely important. You can't, it's 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 easier to not be a leader when you're not as successful, but when you're more successful, like the last thing you want to do, and, and I'll give a shout out, Renee, and, and I met on Monday this last week. And one of the stories he talked about as we were looking at the disciplines of an originator and the path to get to the last step, which I would consider is legacy, which you also kind of sort of touched on and we'll get to is, is, is that leadership piece? Because I know a lot of successful people who have, have dragged a lot of people along with them and treated them like absolute garbage. And that's not a leader. Like it's easy to be successful and be a prick. It's hard to be truly successful and just be salt of the earth, humble, great people and so like, I, I love that, you know, your focus on disciplines because quite frankly, if you can't, if you can't do well at sales and you can't be a leader, it's going to be really hard no matter how great you are at marketing, no matter how much knowledge you have, no matter how, how much of a mindset you have, if you can't do sales, like it all starts with the sale mm-hmm. and then leadership is what makes that sustainable. So I love that. Your story about, you know, that man who came along in your life is really impactful and, and I've had similar stories. My dad passed away when I was eight. And I can remember a couple of key figures in my life who took me to those son father events, yep. right? It's really hard being a kid going to a father son campout when you don't have a father, right? And there were some people that stepped into my life. And, and I'll tell you, as an adult now, when I look back on that time, those men were men that had a legacy. And you know they had the means, which was time, money, and resources, to really like, f- like, really pour into my life. In fact, one of those guys, my dad, after my dad passed away, my dad had lived a a very unique uh, and adventurous life and traveled the world. Started a, he was also an entrepreneur, was one of the founders of a small airline called Horizon Air. Um, did a lot of amazing things. It was an inventor, and one of his friends after he, my dad passed away he started a savings account for me. And that was the first ever savings account I had. And he put a hundred bucks in there. But back in the eighties, like I'll tell you what, he could have put a dollar in there, but the fact that somebody said, I am going to invest in you, right? Because of what your dad did for me, man, that couldn't have been more impactful. That man still alive today. His son is actually a very successful entrepreneur. Just texted me, moved to Florida He's in development. has projects that we're, we're kind of connecting on. His legacy is now his son's legacy, which is now a shared legacy. And there's really, there's a lot of power in that. So for originators on this call, the end goal is legacy. Whether that's having 10 kids and having a huge ass house, whether it's funding a nonprofit, whether it's building something that you can pass to your nieces and nephews, whatever the case may be, legacy is the end game. And you've got to have your disciplines to get there. So thank you for that story. Like that's super meaningful and, and powerful for us and for me.
1: Well, now, you sharing yours is impactful too, Shane. As long as I've known you, I've always been super impressed that you are where you're at, considering you've shared the story about your father. And I know how amazing of a woman your mom is. But, you know, those are the little, those are the the anecdotes. Those are the side stories that also give more context of how you, like, you you probably would not be where you're at had those men not invested in you. And I know I wouldn't be if, if Steve Beckett hadn't invested in me.
0: Well, man, it's like, it's a part of what gives me that no excuses, the job needs to get done mentality because like my mom, no excuse, the job has to get done Those men that came into my life, no excuse. The job has to get done, you know, and like that's the industry we're in today. There is no excuse. The job needs to get done, right? Well, listen, let's get into the entrepreneurship before we end because obviously like for me, I have multiple streams of income and guys and gals on this podcast and on this call. It's harder today to start that, to start that legacy of wealth in multiple industries because you may just be trying to survive like this isn't the year that you thought it would be i started my multiple streams of income about five years ago i uh, actually six years ago i retired from the fire department and when i did i said to myself and my wife i'm gonna go replace my pension and i systematically went out and not only replaced the pension but m- like more than replace the pension through multifamily investing, apartment syndications, through, you know, um, single family residences, you know, fix and flips, through multiple other companies, a co-working space. And I built an insurance company. And for me, there is no safer, more stable mattress money, roll out of bed every month and get paid than insurance. And so I know you took uh, a pretty, you know, I wouldn't even say leap because it wasn't like a leap of faith. It was with some amazing, successful, powerful people in the mortgage industry. But tell us about Comma. Tell us about like the vision behind Comma and, and just a little bit more about that. Because for people who maybe can't do it today, whose main focus is, and, and there are people out there who are thriving in this market. Like there's a ton of people thriving in this market. 50% of originators in Washington state didn't renew their license. I can only imagine that that's the same nationwide, which tells me that half the competition quit. As soon as it got a little hard for a little bit of time, they quit, which is great for us. So, there, so don't get me wrong. There is opportunity. There is money in the streets. There is a ton of opportunity this year. For those of you who have that opportunity, having a second form of income, another stream of income is vitally important, right? But if yes. you aren't there, you can get there. And so Kevin, tell us a little bit more about Comma.
1: Well, Kama was really built. It was built by originators for originators. And it was because there are two things that writing loans, running a successful mortgage business doesn't do for 99% of the loan officers that are out there unless you own your own company and that residual income and a wealth generating asset. And you think about you are with a client and you're walking through walking your client through the biggest financial transaction of their life for most of them. And you tell them, you refer them to something. If you are that financial advisor, if you are that successful LO, if you are running that operation the right way, that client is listening to you. And so your insurance agents that you refer business to are reaping the rewards on that. They will write that person typically want a a policy for their home, maybe their auto, and they will keep that client for eight and a half years on average, industry standard, eight and a half years. Somebody, probably somewhere between three to six thousand dollars of total revenue, and they, they, the most likely they're sitting down with them one time, and they close the deal, and it's just mailbox money for them. I respect the heck out of people who who started insurance, who own their own insurance companies outside of comma, because the only people that ever got to where they needed to be, they grinded their tail off for five to ten years, and then it kind of just it it, it can be, be put on cruise control for them. We can do what we did is we created a model that you can do that for the loan officer. Right. And we we created comma and comma unto itself is a management company. We are not necessarily an insurance company. We're a management company that gives the loan officer and their LLC that we create for them access to our carriers and the ability for us to manage that insurance agency for them. And why is that important? Because if you are going to capitalize on that market with a 50% decline in loan officers that are out there, the market shares is already there to be capitalized. You can't be focusing on running a business. Those, those additional streams of income that you've talked about, people get that in the mortgage business. They really do multifamily housing, um, investment properties, rent over mortgage. That's all there. There's not a lot of worker effort that needs to be put in there. And we've mirrored the insurance aspect for loan officers and the returns on it can be staggering. And what it can do for you, what it really should do for you is it can change how you look at your retirement. You can have residual income start stacking in for you in an agency that will be valued at well over a million dollars a decade from now that you can sell and right off into the sunset and not worry about, well, I got to close three more loans. I got to close five more loans. And the other aspect about it is we've had some of our owners who invest. Now, we started in 2020. We went to market in 2020. The business was created in 2014. And then we took the scalable model to market in 2020. Those agency owners that that, that invested in themselves and invested in their insurance agency in tw- early 2020 are getting residual income checks from us now. What better time in the world to get residual hey, income man. checks in 2022 and 2023, right? We experienced the whirlwind of 2019 through 2021 and then business fell off dramatically for a, a, I mean substantially like most people have never seen before and it feels it is so it feels so good to me when we're like hey listen we're giving you a check for 10, 20, 30,000 dollars this quarter that can replace the the loans that you're not doing now. And listen, we're we're are we at the bottom of this hard market Are we on the way out? So we're somewhere around there. But there's going to be another one. There's going to be another one in the next five to seven years. Once we come out of this, we'll have you know four to four to six years of prosperity, and then we'll hit another we'll hit another lull. And what better way to be protected than through owning your own insurance agency? Something that your clients are mandated by law to have. Something that your clients are going to look at because you tell them. And you don't have to run the business, and you get residual income checks on it. It really is a superior opportunity for people to go invest their money in. And I talk about this, you know, I talked about it today on Facebook. When you're looking at making an investment into something and what kind of returns you're looking for, you know, most people will say, if I'm going to make an investment in something, if I can get, you know, maybe, you know, two to four X, three to five X in five years, and maybe 10 X in 10 years, it's a beautiful, beautiful model. I'm more than willing to invest in that. Maybe even get your capital back in five. Our models blow all those projections out of the water. They're, they're, it's double that in five. It's double that, more than double that in 10. And most of the time, full capitalization in three years. So that's one of those things that, like I talked about earlier, I'm passionate about helping people do this because I want you to spend more time with your kids. I want you to be able to go to every dad's day celebration at the university where they go to instead of worrying, no, I got to write loans. I got I to gotta meet with realtors. I got to do this. Nope you got a stack of money that's coming in or an asset you can sell, an asset you could give to your children if you wanted to an insurance agency. So it's just one of those things that I'm passionate about what we do because I do believe that it helps people. And I understand that this market's been hard, but, you know, that's the time to invest in yourself. That's the time to invest in business. That's the time, you know, go right when everybody else is going left. So... Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful experience. Um, there are some caveats and there's some, there's some some requirements to come into play here. I will tell the, tell people this if you're listening. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having partners on this deal. Multiple loan officers you can come in on this with. Uh, it really is an easy business model and a way for you to hedge against the next hard market.
0: Well, man, I love that. And guys, like we don't have Kevin on here because he's paying us to be on here. Kevin's on here because. I own an insurance company and personally understand the benefit. I can tell you that now I'm now four and a half, I think, years into my, four years into my insurance company, a little over four, July. So it's a little over, over four and a half years now. And every month I make positive revenue, every month, no matter what happens in my mortgage business, I make money. And here's what I'll leave everyone with. When everyone is putting their head in the sand, when they're cutting costs, when they're trimming staff, when they're cutting back on strategies and events and technology, I am doubling down and I'm not doubling down because I'm making more money than you in the mortgage business. I'm doubling down because I'm making more money than you because I have other businesses and I'm able to use that and invest back in my team. I just opened a mortgage brokerage, heck, four and a half days ago. (laughs) Like (laughs) people were like, what, like. I said to somebody, I said, it's either the dumbest decision or the best decision. I'll know in 12 months. However, I'll tell you this. I know it's going to work because I have the capital and the resources to build and invest in my team like no other lender does in my town because I have multiple streams of income. That is the pinnacle of next level, which speaks to the legacy Right. It speaks to the legacy. And so I, I'm, I'm appreciative that you came on and shared that, Kevin, and your stories. If somebody wants to reach you and find out more about comma insurance, what would you have them do? Uh,
1: there's a couple different ways. If you were looking for h- how it works for you as an owner, you can go to our website, Built for Owners. It's www.ycomma.com, comma.com. Uh, we have some testimonials in there we talk about what we how it how it would work for you what it would look like if you want to have a call with me um, you know i'm on the community and next level I'm on facebook you can reach me directly at kevin. at CommaInsurance.com. i'm not i'm not hard to find you know i i i've got Almost all my relationships now on social media, like 90% of them are with loan officers, and i I'd rather enjoy it. That way we can kind of stay out of the politics and the BS and stay focused on on being better and driving ourselves. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. I'm going to walk anybody through the concept of how it works. Even if, Like you talked about it, even if it's not right for you right now, um, yeah. it doesn't mean it won't be right for you in two years, and we'll be here for you to help you then. So.
0: Well, guys, that's ywhycomma dot com. dot com. Kevin Ducey, great friend of mine, great friend of Next Levels. Thanks, man, man. Thanks for the time, Deuce, and uh, thank you for your service as well. Um, I'm gonna start having to call you Jack Reacher now.
1: Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but Alan Richardson's guy. He's blown. He's blown the concept of what an MP looks like out of the water. We got some. That's false You
0: You, you kind of sort that. of resemble that. Well, guys, thank you for your time. <laughs> focus on your disciplines, focus on building that legacy. We'll see you on the other side.